The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Peak Tea. I have to tell you that their ginger digestion tea is a part of my daily routine. In fact, I am so into this tea, I got rid of my other teas. What I found out is that there's a lot of crap in tea bags which was so eye-opening. I guess there's like plastics and all these weird microfibers. And what I like about Peak Tea is it's a little packet. So you take the packet out, you cut the top off and you pour it in your cup and then you pour hot water over it and then pour a bunch of ice on top and add lemon. It's a delicious iced tea. I cannot say enough good things about this tea. You should also know It's a caffeine-free tea, and the reason I like it is because it supports gut health. I'm really into gut health right now. I have decided I'm not going to drink any alcohol for 70 days, so I'm very much focused on my gut. This tea also supports the body's natural anti-inflammatory response. You know how big I am on anti-inflammatory things. This should not come as a surprise. Their tea has no added anything. You'd be surprised how many brands add shit to their tea. This one's free of preservatives, sugar, and artificial sweet. It's also triple toxin screen for pesticides, heavy metals, and toxic mold. They also have these little packets that I've talked about called Daily Immune. So while you're doing your tea, you can just open one up and have it. It's jam-packed with superfood antioxidants, and it has a 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. No GMOs, no soy, no refined sugar. Get your vitamin C packet, squeeze it in your mouth, have your iced tea in the morning and your hot tea at night. You will never go back to any other tea. Go to peaktea.com skinny and use code skinny at checkout. You are going to get 5% off plus free shipping on your first order. If you're feeling hot and spicy, throw in some sun goddess matcha. Those are my three things, my go-tos that I always order. That's peaktea.com skinny. Use code skinny at checkout. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Uh You know when you do something, like you accomplish something and you don't associate with that person? I'm like, I feel like the person who went on that tour and like did all that shit and like was really brave, like... I don't know her. Like, that's literally not me. I can't even associate with the person that I have. Like, I'm having disassociation from that person. It's like when you get me. through something and you're like, you just like. I feel that way about our cancellation too. Like, I feel that way about so many things. I feel like it was such a traumatic time and like we were so brave. And I'm like, if that happened to me now, like I'm done. Like, I, I can't even relate to the person <laughs> we were, you know? Good morning, millennials. I had to start the show like that because we have the two sisters, Claudia and Jackie, from the podcast, The Morning Toast. And I feel like they always start their show like that. So that was fitting. So before we get into the show, I want to let you know that Michael and I are guests on their show. It went live last Thursday. It was a super fun episode. We talk about my name for my next child. That's not really my name, but it could be my name. Um, And so many fun different topics like ball sack towels. Go listen. Just trust me, you'll have more context. Claudia and Jackie are the sisters behind the very popular pop culture podcast, The Morning Toast. Claudia also happens to be a New York Times bestselling author of Girl With No Job. I read her book. I absolutely loved it. She has 3 million people following her on Instagram 
And her sister is absolutely incredible. She just announced her pregnancy. She is a wifey and she is the owner of The Redheads, which if you like to read, you have to check out. That's another podcast and Instagram account that she runs. And it's for people who like to read. So I'm a huge fan. We actually discussed all our favorite books. I will do a blog post on that. In the meantime, we are going to talk about all the things, lifestyle, wellness, business, These sisters are funny. They get it. They're in on the joke. I think you'll love this episode and be sure to listen to Michael and I on their podcast, The Morning Toast. Enjoy. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. I always tell Michael that there's a really fine line between someone who is a supporter and someone who hates you. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's super interesting. There's a thin this line between love and hate one and two. It's actually Taylor Strecker who brought it to my attention. It was like some person wrote an article about like the life cycle of a troll. And it's like, there's all these steps to trolldom. First, you discover something. You First is discovery. Then you like it. I enjoy this product. Then you love it. Love it so much, like obsessed, can't live without it. Then that obsession turns into a feeling of ownership. Like when the thing doesn't do exactly what you want it to do, you, you take that personally. And I guess if that happens enough times, that love turns into the equal strength of okay. hate and you become a troll. And, and you, you want like, to destroy the thing that you once loved. Right. Like, no one, no one should have it. It's no like one should Rumpel discover Stiltskin. it. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Isn't, that, isn't that what happened? You don't know Rumpelstiltskin? I don't know the moral of the story. story. Ooh, Rumpelstiltskin. You say you want to get my bands, but use <laughs> me, use <laughs> me, because I ain't no average I think that's what happened to Rumpelstiltskin, unless I'm wrong. But I think like the, the story of every bridge troll is like they started out in love and like then they get hurt and then they, they get under a bridge rest It's a cycle. Yeah. And then you get Sometimes reporters that, that just their main mission is to just shit on people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which imagine waking up every day and all your job is, is just to do, to talk shit. Can't yeah. Well, next like, thing you know, you're spinning a thing and you're poisoning princesses and pricking their fingers. And Yeah. The internet is just so weird because I feel like so many of these people who like hate, they think that they're like, you know, doing God's work. Like they think that they're eradicating all the evil in the world. And they're like, it's just like a hunchback who can't see their own hunch. Like they're literally responsible for all the negativity. And they think that they're like some sort of, you know, hero. Yeah. It's so wild. And I hope that the pendulum is going to swing the other way. I think it the plot is shifting. Hopefully. I agree. I think it will. Sometimes it feels like maybe it has started. Sometimes you see something like in the way that people are reacting to it and you're like, oh, maybe that would have been different a year ago. Maybe things are, people are starting to see that, you know, not every narrative is just so cut and dry and that sometimes like people lose context in whatever story it is. But I do still think we're in the extreme on, one, on one end of the swing. You know what we've decided we're just going to 100% be ourselves. And if you don't like it, don't listen and don't consume. And you know who's my inspo? Like pinned to my Pinterest board? Howard Stern. We talk about him all the time. Did you read his book? I read his book, but I think because you told me, I think I don't, I'm trying to remember. I read it two summers ago, and I think it's because you suggested the toasty it. one. That's that's pink and um, green. Did no, you read that one? Comes Howard Stern. Oh, you got to read know, private parts. What it is is that I, I watched think, the movie. But yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> the industry created this, like the entire industry of social created the, in the brands and everybody. Like they created this thing where it's like, if you're not liked, you're canceled. And my whole thing, like, and people get so mad at me about this. Like, you can't cancel me because I don't care about being canceled. And let me elaborate. Cancel for saying that. But right. my, my point is like, if you're a brand, you're like, I don't want to work with this guy. He's an asshole. Fine. 
I don't like, I don't want to listen to him. Fine. Like there's, there was this thing. It's like you're canceled, but like in order to be canceled, you actually like have to stop producing. Right. Right. But some people, and we were in this position a few years ago where we were ripe for the canceling because you take away like the one platform that we have that we didn't build that, you know, we We were working with a partner. And once they decided that, you know, they're, don't want to work with us anymore. Like we have no platform. We are effectively canceled. Now, in so many ways, that was just the best thing that could have happened to us and our business, like, you know, on so many different. But that's my point. It's like you were canceled by some, like you weren't really like a network or somebody decided, hey, I'm not going to work with them. But anymore. it turned but like, out to be amazing. Like, you're like, I'm still right. going to do what we're doing. Right. And, and by it the way, better. I think what happened to us and what happened to like a lot of people was a cautionary tale for other influencers, like to not leave yourself in the position so vulnerable. Like if at any moment a brand doesn't want to work with you anymore, and like someone cancels your show, like what do you have to show for it? Like what part of your brand do you own? And now we're in the position where like, and this was like an intentional part of building our brand back up. We're like, whatever we do next, like no one can take away from us. You want to cancel me? Sure you don't want to listen to my show anymore. That's totally fine. I still run a business and you can't cancel that. And I think that when it happened to us, I think a lot of people looked at their business and being like, am I left in that type of position too? Oh yeah. Bingo. And honestly, I think that you guys were able to go to business school in In two weeks and like you learned how to have leverage. Yeah. You know, Stassi Schroeder is another person that sort of she, I think she did the same thing Mm -hmm. too. She, now she's on Patreon and it seems like she has evolved as a human and she evolved her business. And I think that that is amazing. She's also the type of person who was in like the worst possible situation for her business when she got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because she gave all the control to a network. To the network and yeah. then her podcast network. She couldn't, she didn't really right. own any of it. Yeah. The fact that she didn't own her podcast, I think was shocking for podcasters because usually you start your podcast and then someone partners with you and picks it up. But at the end of the day, like, like if, your IP. If, if you were to go your separate ways, like it's still your show. So yeah, that, I was that was weird too, that they could cancel her. Po- but she's had a podcast really very, very early. So it must have been an old, an old format. Wait, so someone owned the podcast. I believe it was radio.com. Oh, and they like canceled the show. And like, I believe they own the trademark. They removed all the episodes, which is not really how most podcasts are. Like if if one of your shows, you know, you wanted to cancel a show for some reason, it's their show, but you just wouldn't sell advertising on it anymore. Huh. That makes I mean, that makes uh, I think when she first started, like you said, it was so long ago. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that we're going back to so long ago when it comes to talking on a mic. Like, I hope people are more open and understand that not everyone has to agree with you. I don't want to have friends that I agree with every fucking thing on. Mm -hmm. It's boring. Boring. Yeah. You you look at like a guy like um, like like a Howard Stern or you look at a Joan Rivers or you look at a Don Rickles, like all these people, all these comedians that we all grew up admiring and saying like that, it's like, that's the North star. That's the goal. Like they could not exist in this current climate. And I always caution like, is that the world you want to create where you're stifling these superstars and making them scared to share their talent with the world, right? Like, yeah, we yeah. always say like we miss Joan Rivers so much, but we're so glad she's not alive to see this. Oh my God. She would, she would be making fun of it every second. She would, but I think she would be shocked and dismayed. Like it's a sad state, but I agree. I do think in certain ways, the pendulum is swinging. I think as more people, you know, get canceled and and find ownership in their platform, they feel more empowered to just, because whatever you say, someone's going to disagree with it. Some people are going to agree with you. So you might as well just say the thing that you want to say, because either way, it's going to go that way. And if you say the wrong thing, and it's not, and it's a moment to learn, not just for you, but for everyone. Oh, no, you can't learn. There's, there's, there's no, no learning. learning. 
No, honestly, like, I'm, I, I honestly like it's frustrating because like I've said so much dumb shit, like some like to the point where like some of it still keeps me up at night. But I'm grateful for those experiences because they really were teachable moments. And I'm glad that like I found it within myself because everyone else was just calling me names. But I was like, wait, let's take a look at, at a glance. Like, why is this a problematic thing to say? And I just think that type of space doesn't exist. And it sucks because it's actually like a really useful, like fucking up and making mistakes is the best way to learn a lesson. But like we, this culture doesn't create a space for that. They don't let sucks. you get to that next step of like learned. Why is everyone that talks shit in their bio say Christ lover <laughs> or peace, love, mom, dance like no one's watching. Follow your heart. Always, always be kind. Yeah. The, every single time. It's like a sick joke. Yeah. No, but that just goes to what Claudia is saying. Like these people really think they they're think. doing they are being kind in like if they see a perceived evil out there in knocking it down. But okay. again, the emphasis is on the perception. Right. Well, it's like it's like not to get political, but if you look on the left and right side, like one of these like strict ideals is like when there's an issue going on, less government intervention on the right. And on the other side, when there's something going on, more government, more government intervention on the left. Like one side believes more government solves the problem. One right. side believes less government. So if you're if those are your ideals and you're coming at a problem and you're looking at like both think they're 100 percent right and they can't seem to see the other side's perspective. Yeah. yeah. And I just right. think there's so much value in civil discourse. Like nobody talks anymore. Like it's just so frustrating. I feel like I have friends like from all walks of life, like from people I knew growing up and people who I met like in the industry who are just totally different. And it's just like a, a really wonderful thing to speak to people who are different and have different opinions. But like, I feel like in today's culture, there's no space for that. There's mm -hmm. no talking. There's just like hatred. And it sucks because there's actually so much value in sitting down with someone you have a different opinion on and just talking like civil human beings. And walking away and being like, oh, we both have different opinions. That's okay. Right. And like you right. might change someone's mind and you might not. And that's fine. Well, I'm very impressed with how you guys have evolved your business. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a while. There's a lot that's happened. First of all, you got married, Jackie. Yeah. You're pregnant. Wow, it's been a really long time. And you wrote a book. Yes. Okay. First, your wedding. Like, I've never seen a wedding like that. Oh, my God. Thank you. How many people? Exp explain the wedding. So it was about who showed up was like 260 people, which was really big and much bigger than I ever thought. And, and that also means that we invited more people. And the, it just like in the beginning, like the wedding planning process was a, a hugely torturous experience for me. Like wouldn't. I hope to never, ever do it again. Like it was really stressful. And what's so funny is so many people like have such like positive associations with my wedding and it was truly the best day for me. But like, I had no idea it was going to be that. Your second husband, you're just going to elope. My <laughs> yeah. second one, I think that I might have a big wedding. Oh, oh, right, because you guys did the, the small. destination small, small thing. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, no, so, it so you don't know <laughs> really what's waiting her. for you. <laughs> no, no, no. Go. You should do it. You should see what that it's like. Fun. <laughs> Invite us. So the the planning was Honestly, torturous. That guy, poor son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us like about the wedding because I I I know like I've really never seen a wedding like that. The way you even laid it out on social media, like it was like you were planned, signed, sealed and delivered. Okay. The whole thing with the social media stuff. So I didn't realize until really the next morning that like between my, some of the vendors and my planner and my designer that like everyone was sort of like live streaming the wedding almost on Instagram stories and that like, all, and then all the toasters were like watching along. Like I had no idea that, that was happening. That wasn't really the plan. plan. Like, I mean, of course I knew my wedding was going to be like on social and I figured the next day I'll post like all this stuff, but I had no idea that like everyone was sort of like living vicariously through it until I woke up the next morning and I was watching all those stories too. And then I saw like, you know, all the comments and like so many people just, cause there were so much like content out there, but I guess that's kind of like the, you know, our 
influence, even in our own, like with our own friends and family, that's just like what we do. So other, everyone was just posting and I, I didn't realize that it was all coming together in that way until like the next day. And through the planning process, like, it, you know, even like designing the wedding, like it was extremely stressful and I knew it was going to be beautiful, but like the way it came together and I have to really just give credit to the event designer, Josh from Birch, like he just like made it. I was in shock. It when was I saw the prettiest wedding I've ever seen. I like I, I was there. I didn't know I what I was really going to be walking into. And the only thing that we had seen was like he showed us a sample table with a tree in his studio. And he was like, these are what the tables will look like. Each one will be different. But like this these is the color scheme. I was like, stunning. Amazing. The chuppah, I, he said he was yeah. going to do pink baby's breath. But that was only a decision that we came to the week before because pink the whole year. Breath? Yeah. They spray Sick. painted all Sick. this pink baby's that breath. And it was like. my feed. Yeah, was I was like actually thinking that too. This <laughs> dome of pink baby's breath. But the whole year before of planning the wedding, my husband like was like, I just really don't want pink in the wedding. Wrong. Which was just really hurtful and like a personal <laughs> dig. But sure, I was like, okay, you know what? There's so many other colors in the rainbow. And maybe I don't need to be like the big Girly. girl with the big yeah. pink yeah. wedding, like whatever. And so we were designing all these different <laughs> schemes with Josh and they were stunning. We At one point we were going to do like an all emerald wedding. And that's why my bridesmaids were wearing emerald because at the time I had to tell them a color. It was emerald at the time. Right. Love emerald. I love emerald. It was and, a good it color. Being, and it was like the color of the season. There were so many sick dresses. So like I was glad that they wound up wearing emerald. But that so it just kept changing. We were going to do like a black and white wedding at one point. They were all so beautiful. But I was just like this on my wedding. Like I am a big pink dope. Like yeah. that's who I am. And literally the week before he was like what if we added some pink to the chuppah? I was like, what okay. if? <laughs> so that, and then like once Josh from Birch like got the green light on pink, then he went all out with the pink. So like, that's why the ceremony was just like so pink. But there were so many like elements of it. There were a lot of things that were really important to me, but then there were also some things that just like came together that I didn't realize were going to be like such big moments, like the silhouette before I walked Ooh, that down was major. the aisle. I feel like I was there. Wait, so you guys have seen me talk about liquid Adderall. It's all natural on my Instagram stories. At least I call it liquid Adderall. Um, and that is by Beekeepers Naturals. So the specific product that I like, that I feel like everyone needs to check out is Be Smart Brain Fuel. This is in my routine every single morning. I do this without fail. What it does is it powers you through brain fog, but there's no come down and it's all natural. It's this potent plant-based adaptogen, okay? It's caffeine-free, tons of royal jelly, and it is made by the bees. And more specifically, it's made by Beekeepers Naturals. We had the founder on our podcast, and she just talked all about how they're on a mission to reinvent your medicine cabinet with clean, effective products that work. So they have that one, which I incorporate into my daily routine. They also have this throat spray that you can spray if you're feeling sick or your throat hurts. That's amazing. I use that a lot if I'm under the weather. And then they have these lozenges, which are so amazing to suck on. I suck on them all the time. Royal Jelly. Royal Jelly is absolutely amazing and filled with so many benefits. Basically, it contains ultra unique fatty acids that promote mental clarity and brain focus. So that's why when you take the shot, 
you immediately like just feel so focused. I'll do it right before I start work. If I have a ton of emails to do or I have conference calls and I just notice my energy levels are off the charts. I have told all my friends about this. I just gave my friend Sandra some today. Michael loves it. These little shots are like gold. We've worked out an exclusive deal for all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners. Receive 15% off your first order. You're going to go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash skinny or use code skinny at checkout to claim this deal. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash skinny. Get the Be Smart shot. You are going to love it. You can also find Beekeepers Naturals in over a thousand stores like Whole Foods and Sprouts. Enjoy. She gave like a little, it was dead silent. Silhouette comes stunning. So quiet. Music playing. Jackie's standing behind the silhouette. She goes like this. The entire 400 people erupted. It was the funniest thing of all time. I don't even think you're trying to be funny. Maybe no, you I need wasn't. to put, repost that. I was just yeah, feeling do like, video. I yeah, was do so a little funny. repost. I, I, yeah, I definitely have it on video. The emoji and it was with like, the nails. Literally. The not something I was planning at all, but like I was standing there. Everyone's looking at me like I felt a little awkward. So I was like, <laughs> hey. And everyone was laughing. And what's so funny is I was always like, I want a dead serious ceremony. Like I don't want dogs walking down the aisle and people laughing and like taking pictures. Like I want, because like Claudia had a very serious ceremony and like a very traditionally Jewish ceremony. And I was like, I want the same thing. Like, you know, extremely like intense. And then I, before we even start, I'm like being like a big dope, a clown. <laughs> a clown and making everyone laugh. But like, those were the things that I would have said like, oh no, I don't want laughter in my ceremony, but it made it like just so much mm-hmm. more like intimate. And so there were a lot of things like that. And even like the, in our first dance, like we had fireworks, but I, I remember throughout the process. NBD. No, in but so, so in the, in, while we were planning it, I was like, I don't want fireworks. Like that's just like a Michael w- grabbed my ass to Metallica in our first dance. So Fun. that's different than fireworks. <laughs> the, the different kind of fireworks. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't want fireworks. Like that just seems really extra or whatever. And I guess like Zach, he thought it was going to be super cool. So he was like, let's get the They fireworks. were. Be cool. honest with this question. Don't lie. And I'm looking at Claude too, because okay. maybe Claude will really tell the truth. Were the bridesmaids a nightmare or was it okay? I didn't do bridesmaids and I have heard so okay. many horror stories will, and it doesn't seem like my energy. But I, I will love tell to you know how I did bridesmaids Real and I truth. think it might be more your speed. Okay. So my bridesmaids were only like my sisters and my closest friends. And I wasn't like feeling like, you know, I have to be political at all and make everyone feel special. Like I had a bachelorette party a few months before we went to the Bahamas, SLS Bahamar, had the oh. most amazing weekend. Literally the best weekend of my life. It, it was just like so turned up. It was nothing like, it wasn't corny or crazy. Like it was just everyone, Rowdy. what do we want to do? And also we're all like good friends. So it's like, we're just having a girl's trip. Like it wasn't. So there was no drama. There was no drama. Not it was a just like Because genu- you know what I'm talking about. It can get of a little yes. Drisella no, so Anastasia. That, I think so, it does depend also like on the person. Like if someone is that person with like a million best friends from camp and college and high school. Worlds collide. Right. Yeah. And it's not fun. Throughout no. like for us with our friends, like my friends are Claudia's friends. Claudia's friends are my friends. My school friends are friends with my camp friends because when we go out, like we just like to hang out with the same people. So all of my friends at this point are friends. And it wasn't like I have these groups of people that I'm bringing together. Like, especially and then it's with, your job to like make sure everyone's getting along. Right. Like with the sisters, they're friends with all of my friends. Like there were, it, we were fused from before the bachelorette. But then for the wedding, then I really didn't ask my bridesmaids for anything else 
in December, I told them the color was emerald. I got married in February. And I said, buy an emerald dress. Just like send me a picture. And no one sent me anything that was unapproved. But then for the day of the wedding, this was really important to me. I did not want to get ready with all my bridesmaids. I just wanted to get ready with it's my too much. family. It's too much. Yeah, I think people who do that are nuts. I mean, I've been in so many weddings where like we do that. We get, like I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was just in a wedding for one of my best friends where like we all did it all day together. It was really nice like to spend the day together. But I just really wanted like something quiet and peaceful to get ready with my family and like not feel the stress of a million girls. Like, And I love all my friends, but like I just wanted peace and quiet mm -hmm. smart so I told my girls like get ready on your own do your like have whoever you want do your hair and makeup and just be here at three o'clock for pictures the ceremony was at five o'clock and so that's what they did and they like and I also didn't have I only had sisters and family walk down the aisle so like sisters and brothers they walked down with each other I didn't have all like the parade of mm -hmm. girls so I had bridesmaids but like I did like probably like 50 percent of what most people do just because it's just not me because I'd like to I don't know. Maybe because I have so many sisters, I just felt like I was represented in the maidens department. Mm -hmm. So you didn't punch your husband in the face the night before your wedding like I did. It's no. hard to remember, but it does sound like something I would do. It does. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like if I had a lot of bridesmaids and I feel like it was so much fun for them, like they got free dresses, free trip to Vegas, free everything. Like it was you, an Claudia, awesome like, time. Yeah, no, like I tried. To, I learned a lot from you positively. I was the negatively. first person in the family to get married. Oh, so that, but that's annoying because then everyone takes all the good things and the bad things. Josh from Birch. I like I literally invented everyone. <laughs> and no, it's true. I used all of Claudia's vendors. And so did Olivia. And we learned so much. I feel like my wedding was like the guinea pig. And like there's so, and also I got married really young, which I love because I love Ben. But there's you so talked about many that in things. your book. Yeah, there's so many things I would do differently now. Like, and now when I go to weddings, like people my age who are getting married, I've literally been married for like a hundred years. I just, I just know, like I would do it so differently. I kind of want to get married again because I feel like with Instagram, I have like a whole different aesthetic. Thing. Yeah, it's a little annoying. What like, would you do now? Oh, there's so many things I would do differently, mainly with like clothes, like like yeah. the looks, the you know, looks, yeah, like the hair, the makeup. Like I would just switch it up. She's me like too. trying to get me to go and like recreate this thing on the five years. Is it five years now? Is it? Oh, we just pass it, or is it? It's five years, kind of five, but we can but do like, six eh, or seven. Like, no, 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 no. Like, By the way, I literally said the same thing to Jackie. I look so different now than I did at my wedding. I had I this know. mole on my face that like I never got removed until after my wedding, which was so fucking stupid. And I can't even look at the pictures because all I see is mole, mole, mole. And it, <laughs> it bothers me so much. I hadn't gotten Botox yet. Was the mole yet. a, br a bridesmaid? <laughs> no, the mole officiated the wedding, okay? Like it was the main <laughs> character at the wedding. And it was really fucking annoying. And like now, and I just look so different. Like I've lost weight and I'm just like, Ben, like we have to recreate you our wedding. You look amazing. Thank you. And I'm like, we have to recreate our wedding pictures. Tell everyone how you lost weight. It's don't like, tell us something like it's crazy. Not, it's not juicy and it's not like the healthiest way. I don't recommend it, but I was just really busy. And like, I just, I went on tour. Like I was moving a lot and I just did not You didn't eat just go much. on tour. You went like on a, like a massive tour. A city tour. So I want to talk about your book and I want to talk about the tour mm -hmm. in your book. So I don't think people understand it. I didn't understand until I read your book how crazy it was of what you did. Like she, you no, had never performed live mm -mm. like that and you sold out stadiums. Can you talk about the that whole theaters? But yeah, it was, I mean, there was no, a lot stadiums, of But still like not like one in one city. Like how many cities was that? Right. It was like, it was 90 shows in about like 60 cities. Wow. Were you exhausted? I mean, I'm about to like, we're starting to plan doing it again doing it again. And I'm so tired. I like can't even think about it. The conversations about the next tour give me such bad anxiety just because I can't believe, you know, when you do something like you accomplish yes. something and you don't associate with that person. I'm like, I feel like the person who went on that tour and like did all that shit and like was really brave, like 
I don't know her. Like, that's literally not me. I can't even associate with the person that I have. Like, I'm having disassociation from that person. Almost a little trauma. Little like, yeah, yeah, I just can't even believe it's like that when was you me. you get through something and you're like, you just like. I feel that way about it. our cancellation too. Like, I, I feel that way about so many things. I feel like we were so, like, it was such a traumatic time and like we were so brave. And I'm like, if that happened to me now, like, I'm done. Like, I, I can't even relate to the person <laughs> we were, you know? So why what, do you have to do so many cities though? Why can't you just like kind of. Well, so. So what, many people want to go. Well, no, it wasn't even that. It was that like, I'd never done a tour before. Like usually, you know, Ariana Grande goes on tour. Not that I'm comparing myself, but she knows approximately based on previous tours and her social media, how many tickets she's going to sell in a certain city. Me, I'm like making the shit up as I go. So I'm starting in a comedy club in Nashville. I'm like, is are five people going to come or are 500 people going to come? And you post the tickets and it sells out immediately. And you're going to Nashville. You want to make the most amount of money as you can. So you put up another show and you put up another show and you end up doing, you know, three or four shows in a comedy club because I didn't know that I could have just done one show in a bigger theater. Oh. But, but now that I have all like the data from the previous tour, my next tour will be much shorter. It'll can probably we do be Austin? 25. Yeah, I did Austin. You did Austin. I, I want to go. Austin again. When, we Jackie all, was there. We all went. Will you do Austin, Austin again? Yeah. Okay, we're going yeah. when, when, when you do Austin. So this one will be like six months and it'll be much shorter because now I know all and the be cities. bigger venues so you won't have to do like multiple less nights. Less shows, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. but okay. more money because it's short, You're working it's smarter, work. not harder. Yeah, yes. but I didn't know right. how to put that together to the first it. time. So that's why it was two years just like making it up as we went. People have asked Lauren and I do a live show and they're like, they're like, we're going to do two shows. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, that's a lot of work. You guys should do a live podcast. Have you done one? I've never done one. I don't know how We've done, like, I would feel things, about it. We've did we did two we Nashville did, and New York. Yeah, live podcasts. And the our format was wrong because we were just like doing our show, which is like very topical, like newsy almost. And then if we were to take the show on the road, like it would be different than just doing like the morning toast. It has to be like more thought out. Yeah, yeah. Like and it's more like performed. We were like gonna do before COVID. Yeah. But now like COVID, I mean, Jackie's pregnant. So. This in the nicest way you are a performer like you're a true performer lauren and I, lauren may be a performer i'm not a per- so like i don't you know, don't think like, i'm a performer or, yes but that's but, the no, thing about that, live podcasting the same as you. like i'm not like i don't know like i'm not gonna hold the crowd like you're i'm gonna be like you know i'm used to just talking like i this. can sing yeah but that's the thing that's what's so cool about live podcasting where i feel like now podcasting and comedy are like when you go to a comedy club it's literally half live podcasts and half comedians because there's such a an intersection where like you don't have to perform People love the podcast. They want to see you up in person. And I know people who do live podcasts. Some people like just stand there and dance. Like there's not really uh, a format that you have to fit. And I feel like you don't have to be, have any special like skill or talent. You don't or, have to bring props or anything. Like. No, but like people do. Yeah. So when you do the live tour, I would think for me, I would have to like be quiet the day of. Like I couldn't like waste any energy on anything but the show. Is oh, that how it is? No, you like, would literally, she would recharge. do the toast Friday morning, then get on a plane, fly to where she's going and then do the show that night. You must have been exhausted. I was, but like honestly, what's so great about our show is like, the big concentration of our followers are tri-state area. So most of the shows, I did like a huge run in, on the West Coast, but most of the shows were never more than a two hour flight. And honestly, sometimes I think about how like not one of my flights was canceled and I missed a show like that never happened. Like, thank God, knock on wood. Oh, you need a toast jet. You're telling me. Uh, Listen, who's, your, who's, who's, who's putting the agent putting this thing together? They don't get the jet like fire no, their ass. You're telling world. me. Except I did do one show at like a random casino in Toronto. Oh, no, it was like outside of Toronto. And it was so random. And like, it was just so bizarre. But they had a plane. So I was like, I'll do it. What was the process of writing the book like for you? Did you have a schedule or did you just write when you could write? So it was actually 
So my tour ended in January and I was like, great, I'm going to take this year off, write the book and then go back on tour in January. But then obviously COVID happened and I wrote my whole book in COVID. So it was, I was not like a good student in high school and I was like always procrastinating and I was like not that smart. So I was when I got the book deal, I was like, yay, but like now I have to write a book. But with COVID, I actually think it was a huge blessing because if it if I had like had life and I was going to like parties and trips, I never would have gotten the book done. Like I would I was early. I submit, submitted my book early. Did you create the cover for Instagram? Okay, so there's like a lot of things about the cover. Like for, for most of the book stuff, I really deferred to my publisher. Like they know everything. And they had sent mock-ups. They wanted it to be like not me on the cover, just like girl with no job because they thought it was like very catchy. And I'm like, cool. But like, you know, the shallow gal at me was like, I want to be on the cover. And they were like, okay. They just didn't think it was like a great idea. I'm like, no, I think it's going to work. And of course, like the bathtub was obvious. And I had seen that, you know, that gallery across from Sedell's like on West Broadway, they have like the sick, and you know, the bedazzled bath. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know the gallery, but I don't so know. So the there's art. like this sick piece of art in that gallery. And it's like this woman in a bathtub and it's like all bedazzled. And I found it online and I sent it to the publisher. And I'm like, something like this, like very like old fashioned bathtub, clawfoot, feet in the air. And when we got there, <laughs> we just like, I threw my back out the second we got to the, it was so, because I brought Theo to the, my dog to the photo shoot and I get my hair and makeup done. We're about to get in the tub and Theo comes in and I bend down to give him a hug. During COVID, I was having a lot of back problems and this was like in the middle of COVID. Because we were in bed. Because we were in bed so much. I bent down to pick up (laughs) Theo and literally I froze. The guys on set were so nice. They like literally pulled over like a desk chair with wheels and were wheeling me around like I was in a, in a wheelchair. Like it's kind of amazing. It was so nice, but it's obviously like that would happen to me. I didn't work all year because of COVID. My first day back to work, I throw my back out. Like it's so embarrassing and it's obviously Theo's fault. So it's all very intentional. Like I knew exactly what I wanted, but the art direction from the people at the shoot, like they killed it. I love the book. Surprise. I love the cover. Thank it's you. still Pink. out like displayed in my bookcase because it really just fits. Well, of course, like that's always a thought process. Like you want your book to be pretty. Like I'm not gonna have like a duty brown book. Like people love, like they, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) people, when they, when they buy something, it's beautiful. They want to put it on their, you know, coffee table. That was obviously something I was thinking of Jackie's presets. Like what it's obvious. Like I knew I wanted something like sickening. Hold up. Recently, you saw the cutest French manicure on my Instagram stories. It's something I'm absolutely obsessed with. And what saved my life with it was an amazing top coat. And obviously, you know what I'm going to say. I got my top coat from Olive in June because this is the only top coat that I have found that stays shiny, especially a polish. You know how when you get a top coat and like two days later, it's all greased up? You know what I'm talking about. You go, you get a manicure, you're so excited, your nails are all shiny, they're perfect. And then two days later, they have like a fog over them. Olive and June's top coat does not do this. And my top coat that I got from them came from the Manny system. This is the answer to salon perfect nails at home. Okay. Their polish lasts seven days and does not chip. It is crazy. I've tried it myself, so I know that this works. Here's the deal too. They also have the cutest branding I have ever seen. I really think the founder, Sarah, upped the game when it came to branding. She took a category and she completely reinvented it down to the poppy. This is a patented brush handle that makes it so easy to paint with both of your hands. So I, whenever I would paint my nails at home, used to totally fuck up the other hand. And one hand would look perfect and the other one would look like it was painted by a two-year-old. 
But now with the poppy, you can do both hands. It's this crazy little brush handle that goes onto the top of your polishes and makes things easy. So what you get in the Manny system is six polishes, which breaks down to $2 a Manny. Sometimes I feel like it's like $35 for one gel Manny. So this is crazy. And what I'm so obsessed with, which I know you guys are going to love, is it's so shiny. And I already said this, it does not chip. Anyways, a lot of you guys messaged me about my shiny French manicure, and I thought I would share the top coat. Your new life is here. Get 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code SKINNY at oliveandjune.com. That's promo code SKINNY at oliveandjune.com. We're done with expensive bad Mannies. This is the new us. Jackie's presets like they're amazing oh my god thank you I'm obsessed with them like I'm just obsessed with like presetting photos and like having like bright like feed on my Instagram it's so cute thank you yeah I'm really like into your presets I don't know how to use presets what I have no idea how to use you no I don't know how to use what do you use I just use like visco and then I'll like or my photographer will like fit it to my feed maybe she uses presets yeah yeah I can't believe you don't use presets no maybe is it hard I feel like you have to use it on photoshop like yeah you have to use lightroom and like it but you have to it takes like a minute to understand how to download them but then once you have them downloaded it's like two seconds to put Maybe them on I'll pictures. Maybe I'll try your presets. They're so good. Okay, so you're pregnant. Yes. That was such an exciting announcement. Thank you. Talk to us about that, how you're feeling, how you're having nausea. I want to hear so all the I'm things. So I'm actually really excited to talk to you about it because you've been like living in my head rent-free with your pregnancy announcement. Like, first of all, that picture is above my bed, the one of... Um, oh yeah, I forgot you shared that the day the, that I was pregnant. The Faye Dunway picture. Yeah. Like, I love it so much. So like, your announcement was iconic and I knew I was... It really was. I wasn't going to measure up in any way. <laughs> Um, <laughs> your announcement was very cute. No, it, like I just wanted the element of surprise and like, which I feel like I got because it's hard. We do a show every single day and like I'm, you're changing. People are seeing you all the time. You're seeing me every yeah. day like and my outfits and I feel like you I was wearing like hide. a lot of like sweatshirts in the summer and all I, I just wanted like, I didn't want people like talking about me or like my body before I was able to share it. So yes. like that was important to me, but I also didn't want to share it super early because in Judaism, like honestly, even at the stage that I shared it, like you're just not really supposed to like talk a lot about the How pregnancy. many weeks are you right now? almost 16 weeks. Okay. So I just wanted to wait till it felt like comfortable, but also like not to, if I didn't do a daily show, I probably would have waited longer when we talk about our lives every single day and like, what's new with you? Nothing, but like everything's new. Right. So I just, I'm really happy to like have it out there and be able to like share my experience and like how I'm actually feeling. And like, I, I, you know, get like really nauseous or like have migraines. And I just, I hate feeling like I'm like a downer on the show without having like being able to share like what I'm actually going through. How did you know you were pregnant? Um, we were trying. So like the, you know, I was like two days late for my period, but I was also like taking my temperatures. So like I had a good feeling. And you're I was so-, so organized. Is she so organized? No, by the way, I knew none of this. We just did a Q&A. By the way, like- I didn't know I was pregnant for 12 weeks. Really? That's, that's an exaggeration. How many weeks? I think seven. It, I think it was seven. Seven really? weeks? That's crazy. Were you looking for your period? No, I d- no. Yeah, I, I don't I'm keep not track so- of it either. No idea. Don't even know. No, know nothing about my period. The me, doctor was like, are you okay? Like I had, and by the way, I wouldn't have even known I was pregnant. I just decided, eh, I'll take a quick she pregnancy. She looks at me the other day. She goes, when's like my cycle? And when am I obviously? I'm like, who the fuck I, would I know? <laughs> she, she, she seems more like him and you seem more like me when it comes to organization. Yeah, I, I try. Like I have a planner. It's empty. Like it's, Jackie's very organized. So you took your fucking temperature? Every morning. So, okay. So we were trying for a while and I was just, we just did a Patreon episode about this, like the trying process because at first we were just going by like, you know, the f- app flow. They tell you what days you're probably ovulating and like in accordance, like with when you get your period. So every month we were just like looking at that, be like, okay, 
you know, smush room on this day. <laughs> and it, like nothing was really happening. And then I, I was talking to my aunt who's a doctor and she was like, you should do like BBT, which is like basal body temperature where you wake up every morning, like starting with when you get your period, you wake up before you roll over, before you get out of bed, brush your teeth, anything, you take your temperature, just like record it. Your temperature will pretty much remain the same until you're ovulating. Then it either spikes up or spikes down, but it changes. It cha- okay, so oh my change- God, this is so much work. There's a change in like that crazy. Oh, here he goes. He's already he's buying really me a temperature, temperature on every day. It wasn't, I mean, but then that was the first month that we did it that way and it worked. So it's not like I was doing it that much, like for months. Lauren's going to wake up with an ear thermometer. I'm like, this, literally. You guys, this is not, he will buy a temperature after this. Yeah, no, Are it's you, called BBT. I don't know if I'm ready for Amazon. another one yet. This is a lot. I was gonna going to ask. Oh, well, I mean, uh, We'd be pumped, but it would like it's right. It's, You're not you know. working on it actively. I mean, we're I mean, like I'm actively always kind of working on it. But, <laughs> always practicing. But, so you but. take your temperature every single morning. Yeah, and then you so, but it's only like two weeks until like you're ovulating or less than that. What is ovulating? Ovulating oh. is like when you're Girl, like. Even egg. I know what that is. Well, no, but honestly, there was the so much. Down. There was so much that I didn't know. Like I really didn't realize that you only can get pregnant like one to three days out of the month. And the other our day, teachers like, never told us that. They said no, if anything happens. We've right? been pulling out for so long. All like, we had to do was take our temperature. All we had to do was follow the, I mean, the app. But so anyways, it turned out that the, the day I was ovulating was actually not exactly what Flo was telling me, which is why it wasn't working up until that point. So it like it just was a more scientific way. So when your temperature it. is up, you're, ov- you're ovulating and should have sex. That day, yes. And then like the next day and the next day too, for good measure. And then you can keep taking your temperatures because- work. Your temperature, if you're going to get your period, your temperatures like would drop that morning and that will tell you like you're getting your period. But oh, if, or you could just be way. like, you could be surprised. And so when I didn't get my period, and I'm usually like pretty regular, then like two days, and I was feeling, and also I was really, I was like on a diet. A restrictive reg- meal plan. Like a lifestyle change. Anyway, so I was it, very in tune with, like I was eating like pretty much the same things every day, like working out every day. And like that week I was like, I would eat what I was eating and then I would still be like really hungry. I was like, okay, that's weird. And I would like work out, but I was also like, I would nap. And I was like, that's not like me really. I do the same thing every single day. Like this feels a little off. So I was feeling very, it felt promising. So when I took the test, I felt like it was going to be. Did you tell him like in a spectacular way or did you just call him and be like. We took it together. Because we were like, there wasn't really a lot of surprise because we were like on this journey together. It's not like we had, I didn't tell him when I was ovulating, like. We were very much because that's what like after trying for like a little bit, like we're just on the, you on know, the there's, hunt. there's no room Are for you like someone who's planning your whole baby nursery yeah. at this? Or are you someone that's more- it's very against Judaism to be like that planned out? You're supposed to be more like superstitious about it. Yeah, because like you just don't count your chickens before they hatch. But even in general, no, I wouldn't. I'm just taking everything like one day at a time. I have no like people ask me like, what's the plan for this or that? I, I don't really know. I'm just going based on like how I feel with stuff with the nursery. It's harder, especially because we're in New York and the apartment that we're in right now that we'll like probably be in there. It's, you know, there's not going to be like a one room where I'm going to have it painted and like yeah. all this stuff. It's is, like, there, is there going to be palm trees on the wallpaper? Because I went opposite. I went like nothing skinny confidential. Oh, really? In her Your room. nursery was beautiful. It Thank, was you. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. What are you talking about? There was pink and gold Versace wallpaper in there. That's true. <laughs> what do you mean you were nothing skinny confidential? There was a big... Now her nursery there, is nude tone. That now, big palm tree thing, like... Oh, she had a big sick. pink that feather is, lamp. Yeah, that, yeah. What yeah. are you talking about? about that? Okay, fair enough. Sick. By the way, and the cradle? 
the cr- the cr- oh, no the one that the one that our the God, never mind. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. The cradle that our friend made. <laughs> this is bold faced lie. Yeah. Okay. That's also, the lucite crib was sick. <laughs> the lucite crib wasn't that skinny confidential. Oh, Look at your God, phone cheek heart. Charm. I, Charm. Okay, That's I guess really what I was cute. trying to say, it's string ting. Oh, the string ting. I just took mine off, but Me too. I like yours. Lauren kinda... waited way too long to tell people. Like, we were like, like it was five months and people people were like, she couldn't, we couldn't see anybody. Like she would not see our family. We were we were running around in Europe one time and we had a friend out there that we always see. He's like, hey, I'm coming to lunch. And she was like diving off the lunch table. And, like, <sighs> I didn't want to tell any, I'll tell you why. And you can but, relate to Yeah. Everything is so public. Everything is out there. I talk about everything. I'm an oversharer. You guys are too. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I had, I just wanted to soak it in for myself for a minute. Yeah, without yeah that's fine. Everyone's opinion. And like, I just wanted to do it on my own with mm-hmm. my husband. That's it was, fair. Fi- it was five months though. That's fine. I was, but you know you what? Should- <laughs> then it's like, then you're not that person. Like if we only find out when you're five months, then you're never that person who's like, oh, it feels like she's been pregnant forever. I'm just going to say the same thing. You know, it's like kind of nice. Too long. Sometimes it's like, oh. I felt like Amy yeah. Schumer was pregnant for an eternity. Yeah, there's a, and she felt that way too. But she was did a comedy. She just did so much. It was like, oh my God, this girl's been pregnant for so two years. It is nice for the fans when you can like wait longer and it's like closer to when it's going to happen. But they also sniff everything out. Yeah, it's really hard to keep things quiet these days. Yeah. It, but I, I think think you did a good job. Yeah, you did do a really good job. And has the response been like freaking out? Oh my God, yeah. Everyone has just been like so excited. M- more so than I ever expected. Like I really, I don't know what I expected. I just expected, you know, people to be like happy. But the, everyone is, yeah, everyone's really excited. Like they, I've gotten so many messages. Like I feel like this is like my own sister or something, which just feels really nice to see some positivity on the internet. Finally, you know? directed our way. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. It was about time. <laughs> Why do you guys think, and I've asked you this before, but I'm curious to hear what you say now you guys have such a strong community like what do you think it is about the morning toast that people are so ride or die because it's unique I feel like we're gonna say the same thing I don't know if you've asked this before I'd be curious what my answer was then but now I think it's the family aspect like the fact that Claudia and I are sisters everything that we do on the show like we are read each other's minds essentially we speak the same way it just if you're a listener for a long time or even for a short time like you immediately feel like you are our sibling and that like you're in on the joke. And I just think that that in it's relatable un- right away. Yeah. And right. we and- didn't set out to do that. It's just how we engage with each other. But like, in, I think it's that familial aspect that people just like relate to and everybody loves. Like that's why we love the Kardashians. Cause at right. the end of the day, like they're an amazing family and they all have each other's backs. Like, and that's why I love them. There's you also like a reliability. Like I feel like with podcast hosts, there's always the thing, like if they're going to break up, but is there, you know, of course, like the infamous call her daddy with us, it's like, we're never breaking up. Like we're related by blood. Like we would get in trouble from our family if we broke up. Like yeah. there's a sense of security and knowing like we are going to be doing the show every day forever. It's the same with you guys. Like Family is, it's a sense of security. Honestly, I love your sisters too. Like both of them are so sweet and you guys each have such a different personality. It is like the Kardashians. You know who I think is going to be the next Kardashians besides you guys? Who? Wait, let me think. Oh, like the D'Amelios? Nope. TikTok? No. Julia Hart. Oh. Have you guys watched My Unorthodox Life? And I would love your thoughts on it. Just share your thoughts. I didn't watch because of her thoughts, which I would agree with. I... We haven't spoken about it on the show. And honestly, I've met Bacheva. She's she came to the Spritz party. She's an amazing girl. She's so beautiful. So nice. I had Agreed. a really hard time watching the show. A, a lot of people who are Jewish said that. And I, like this isn't to be political. I'm actually no. really seriously wondering so why. I think given the time we're currently living in, 
I don't know if it was the show that we needed, just like at the height of anti-Semitism. It literally came out yesterday, like 50% of hate, 57% of hate crimes are directed towards Jews and Jews make up 2% of the population that, in America. That, right here, yep. So yeah. that's the climate we're currently living in. This is just like the second show Netflix has released that's just been like derogatory towards Jews. And so this particular community that they are coming from, like we actually have family who live there. And it's just, I do feel like they misrepresented a lot of what the community stands for. And like maybe it, they took the most extreme aspects. I just, I didn't, I watched, I think a little bit more than half. Of course, as a reality show fanatic, I did also think a lot of it was incredibly like cringy and staged in like some of the scenes, but just messaging, it, it bothered me. Yeah, especially because we don't get that much representation, let alone positive representation. So if these people who, I didn't watch the show, but it seems like it's very much like that show Unorthodox and then they made a reality show. Yeah. You know? Like the OC and Laguna Beach. <laughs> so, if, but if these people want to leave their community, like that's totally fine. You don't have to burn it down on the way out. Like it's, and only highlight, you know, what you perceive to be negative aspects when it's like a flourishing, vibrant community. And like, why does Netflix just have to keep focusing on that. Yeah. So like I was just struggling with like not wanting to doubt anyone's experience because, you know, her journey is her journey. But also, I don't know, it was just it was difficult for me to swallow. And so everyone's been asking us to recap it. And like, I hate just to be negative, you know, especially when like Bacheva came to our launch party for Spritz. She's unbelievably nice and so sweet and really gorgeous. And we met her husband. They were so nice to come. I don't know. Just the show rubbed me the wrong way. No, I well, get maybe that. Maybe we mean, need a show with you and your sisters. Well, that's what Jackie's saying. It's like the lack of representation. Like we watched Unorthodox on Netflix and it was actually really great. My only problem with Unorthodox on Netflix is that that woman's story was incredible, but I don't think Netflix did a good enough job of explaining how that particular community she came from is a really extreme, 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 like completely, we don't like, like completely detached from, from most Judaism. sex of Judaism. Like in the sense that like, it's called Setmar. This it's is the problem very... though with a lot of stuff going on is they take the most extreme examples of like all sorts of communities yeah, and yeah, they exploit them, right? Yeah. And, they, and then what happens is there's misinformation. where And that's how stereotypes yes, are. And people think like, this is what all of these communities are like, right? right? And I agree with that. I think a t the timing issue, especially with all the hate crimes that are going on, like it's right, bad right. timing. Like, and it, like, I mean, I feel like almost every single day you see a video of someone who is visibly Jewish and Orthodox Jew getting beat yeah. up in the street. In New York. Especially in New York. Like, like it's nothing. And so to put out a show that just... Puts a target. It, it, I think it's so damaging. It's irresponsible. And I have no desire to like... Would it say, also, this is it so also great. maybe creates a, a scenario where people that are outside of that community or don't understand are like you you're like justifying why some of these oh like okay that is an extreme like I don't right. agree with that life and I just feel like they it misrepresented women it. even though maybe it doesn't right because right? like in the unorthodox that first show that's like a dramatized version of a woman who left the Setmar community Setmar is that like, like we don't fringe. claim them it's fringe crazy extreme we, but the community that that the Hart family came from is in Muncie I know a lot of people who live there we have family from there and they. They didn't accurately represent it, in Have my opinion. Have you guys been there? Yeah. And it's just like a normal it's town. It's definitely like a, it's a very Jewish town. It's very, they keep to themselves, but it's not this fundamentalist cult. It's an, it's just bothersome because if you know a lot about religion, I feel like a lot of the points that they harped on were like, it's suppressive for women. Women can't be educated. And it's just not true. Like I know a lot of really, really religious Hasidic women who own their own business, who have been to college, they have MBAs. It's just not true. 
I like as a dad now, there was one, like one part where I was like, oh, I kind of like stopped watching was like when when she had to go to her dad, who seemed like an actually really nice guy and had to be like, I got to change my name or she's I was like, oh, my, I saw that too. If my daughter did that. I, it would break my heart. It would kill yeah, me. he's crying right now. About no, he's not. He's, he's no, crying. No, no, crying because it's, no, because <laughs> Anything I, about his I daughter that will make this cry. And I was like, that is so heavy to like have your child come and be like, I don't want to after be. your whole family left you. Yeah, of course. I mean, and it may, it'll make me emotional because like I think about my kid and being a dad and of in course. that scenario. Like, like in the if guy you ever cheat on he didn't me, seem like that's somebody, what I'm going to do to get to you. He didn't seem like some extreme guy and he felt like he, he was like trying to be nice and supportive. Did you feel like when time. he opened the door, like you were, because he hadn't been shown yet, you were going to see like some monster. Oh, well, I and was, was expecting just, like, to see some like really man. like strict. It was so sad. Yeah, it, no, it was like, I was like, I'm done. I can't do it. Because I he just was, started like putting myself in that situation. Yeah. And he was like trying hard. And I, I thought like the fact that he was on the show, so many things just didn't add up for me. Like they come from this crazy community, but they're filming around Muncie. Like, and you know, her dad is still in the community, but her dad was on the show and he was like really nice. Yeah. I thought he like actually came off very well. Like he didn't, you, you Me too. Feel like he was trying to just be like, okay, support, but also like you tell he's like heartbroken. It's hurtful. Yeah. yeah it hurt, it's hurtful. Yeah. So I've just been like reticent to talk about it just cause like, I don't know. I hate to like put down other women, but I will. <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> but kidding. Right. But like, I it's didn't just realize my perception there was of that the much hate. I think that it's important to have these conversations. I didn't realize there was that much hate. I mean, I well, saw what was going on on Instagram, but for you guys to tell me all these statistics, I think that's crazy. Lauren was looking, I think you're looking at it from the perspective, like, look at this bossy woman that's got this empire, that's got this thing. Like, that's kind of like, they portrayed that yeah, side. Yeah, but, but it's super I impressive. You sure. But like, I was just really kind of like offended. I was. Okay. Well, that's, I actually did not know that conversation was going to go there, but that's, that's interesting to hear it from a different perspective. Yeah. I will say there are some parts in it that, that made me be like, wow, it seems so much fun to be Jewish. There was like, oh, that's it, good. That's, oh, that's good. There and was like a, the, how they gather and like the family. food and the family. Like it just seemed to me like I was like, wow. Okay. That makes me really happy to hear. So, but I can totally see what you guys are both saying. Like that yeah. makes total sense. But, but I think like, again, and not to stay on this but what they did in that show now in hindsight is like they show they show this extreme and they paint it in a very positive light it was like female empowerment woman's running this company this big thing and then on the other side it's like and we left behind this terrible world yeah right. so i now like actually looking back like i get why you would have why you would perceive it that way because right. it is it does kind of show both extremes. And it right. furthers and negative like, stereotypes. And, right. It furthers negative negative stereotypes that this world is terrible and it's and it's, it's not. Like, look terrible. how much better this world over right. over here is than this world over right. here that I left behind. And I, I think like the it. message they left with it's like you can't be Orthodox and Jewish and be like a feminist or like have an education or have a job. And I just like really can't reiterate enough times like that is blatantly untrue. What about Leah converting on oh. Real Housewives of New York? Yeah, Real so Housewives I, of New York is so is dark. so all over the place. <laughs> I really like Leah most of the time. On the show, I kind of don't. And, I, and when I found out she was converting to Judaism and she posts some stuff that on Instagram that I find like more compelling than the stuff that they show on the show. Because when they're on the show and like, I, I don't know, she just has like a challah on her table and it's like trying <laughs> to say blessings. I'm like, please no, like I don't want to watch this. But like in general, I'm really here for her and I think it's so cool that she's converting. This green sweater was inspired by her on an episode. So I I saw this on her and I was like, I need to have this. She has cool style. She has cool style. Stuff for everyone. So uh, what is the reality show to be watching right now that you guys are both obsessed with? Are you obsessed with Beverly Hills Housewives? Beverly Hills is it. We just finished Love Island. I haven't watched that. Do I need to watch (gasps) Jackie watched it, made me get on it. It's the best show of all time. But it's better than Housewives? It's so different. It's It's so fresh. Yeah, it's good. But 
if you're like it, it's live it films and then like the episodes come out like three days later so you're really like involved but it just ended so like it'll be on again next, next summer, summer if you want to catch it right now Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is so interesting because of the like did she did she not know also Justice for Potomac did she know oh Potomac is the hold on Potomac, Potomac, Potomac is the best. everyone is sleeping on Potomac it's Real the best Housewives of Potomac I'm really really passionate about this I started from season one this is why it's the best all the housewives on the other shows, a lot of them are secretly friends. So like with Beverly Hills, like they're all sort of like on the same team. And it makes it complicated. Potomac, there is real dynamics of different people that don't like each other. And yeah. you put them all together and it is like dynamic after dynamic after dynamic. Karen Huger. Everything. Oh, I'm obsessed with Potomac. Have so, you had her on the podcast? No, I want to have her on. Karen, please. La, what does she call La Dame. La Dame. I love her. The Grand Dame. <laughs> did she or did she not Erica Girardi? So she's making <sighs> a, a very, question. she's working overtime. And every time I watch an, an episode, I, I leave sort of feeling like, am I a piece of shit that I'm not riding with Erica, even though I loved her so much? And mm -hmm. like, but like, then you watch, you know, Housewife and the Hustler and you're like, am I a piece of shit that I'm siding with the housewife who stole from orphans and widows? Like, I think it's, you know, so either way you're a piece of shit. But I think, I think there's a path and there's a reality where she didn't know. It's just hard because she is probably the smartest housewife that we've ever seen. Like yeah. so clug with it, like sees right through everyone. And for 20 years, they didn't see through this man. Evil impersonated. That's the thing. It's like, no matter what we watch on TV, the documentary, the facts are, are this. Erica is a very, very smart girl. And I just don't know if you could be living with someone who's embezzling millions and millions of dollars, stealing from orphans and widows, who's also like losing his mind. I just, I don't know if you can be that smart and, and that stupid at the same time. I think there's, it's definitely, it's black or white with this. I think she either had absolutely no idea and he kept it completely from her. Or I think that she, she knew and she turned and looked away. I feel like it's probably somewhere in the middle where it's like, Maybe she had an inkling. She never wanted to find out more, you know, but there was probably things that she saw that would have, you know, if she had investigated, she could have gotten to the root of it, but just didn't want to know. But who is people like really digging? I don't know if I'm like really, really digging. Oh, you know what I saw on Instagram last night that I've totally forgot to tell you that I thought would be a really interesting thing. Hmm. So there's all these questions about like Lisa Rinna because Lisa Rinna is like so ride or die for Erica. It's like, you're not even going to question her a little bit. Like I know that that's your friend. And so- it came to light because all of Erica's financials are now out and about that Erica was an investor in Rinna Beauty. So everyone was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Is that like blood money? Then someone was going through Erica's like public records of all of her finances and she made an $150,000 payment to DNA Apparel, Delilah and Amelia's company. Now, so nobody knows if DNA Apparel is like their specific holding company. Maybe there's another company called DNA. It's very interesting. Sus. Oh. Well, I think like what you're saying the is internet. Like either you're the smartest person or you're the dumbest person. Yeah. And you've portrayed that you're the smartest person. And now all of a sudden you can't be the dumbest person. Yeah. And yes. she's coming off very defensive. So does that make you think she was in the know or she was not in the know? I don't I think can't we're ever going to know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't agree. think we're ever going to know. Because it's all just like what she, it's all up here for her. Like, I don't know if there's ever going to be a paper trail that will tell us what she knew unless, you know, we find her diary. I do think diary. That's, that's, <laughs> that some people are scared of her. For sure. Yeah. I do feel like there's an element, like with Denise, no one was scared of her. Like there's an element yeah, that people are scared. There's a path to which Erica comes through this and is not indicted or anything, you know, is able to legally clear her name. She'll stay on the show and she'll come back with a vengeance for anyone who didn't who doubted have her. her back. 
You guys Poor have son. the intel. I mean, geez. Well, Before- by the way, we podcast with her and she was unbelievably nice. Like not scary at all. No, she. but I'm sure like she, she was podcasting. I was like, why would she be mean to us? No, but you would think she would have that like ice princess kind of presence. Was yes. there a glam squad? Yes. Yes, of course. There was. Huge. No, and she was like, <laughs> so she was, as a housewife, she's was, you know, she set the bar high yeah. in like, you know, even 10 years after it started, like she just brought a, a whole new element to the show. For so many people, for me, she was like my favorite housewife. I miss Yolanda. Love. Mm. No? I want Yolanda. I loved those years, the I, Yolanda, Brandy, I, Lisa Vanderpump yeah, years. But yeah. I do love how now like Erica's referencing like the Yolanda and David yes. times. And like, she was like, when I left the condo, I checked his phone. It's like, we saw you at the condo. Right. That is wild. Yeah. Before we go, I'm going to ask you a question that I don't know if a lot of people have asked you guys. You are a huge reader. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you are. Not as big as Jackie. But I've gotten her into it and she's really been cruising. You have the redheads, yes. which is so cute. Thank you. What are you guys reading? So I actually just finished the book that we're reading for this month on the redheads. It's called We Are the Brennans by Tracy Lang. And okay. it was so good. Have you read Ask Again? Yes. No. It's kind of similar to that. It's like a big Irish Catholic family and all of the different elements. It was really good. I'm excited to recap it on the redheads. But when before that, what I've been reading is mostly like history books, like early 1900s New York. And the other book that I was reading where I had to stop to go read the book for the Redheads called Empty Mansions. It's a true story about this woman who Jet Clark, her dad was W.A. Clark and he like built a lot of the railroads and they have this like huge fortune. And she like, they own like homes in New York, Connecticut, Santa Barbara. Yet for like the last 30 years, she's been living just in a hospital room, even though she was no longer sick or anything. And it's like this mysterious story. And it's a true story. And like this, her dad, and the craziest thing about this story is, okay, her dad was born in like 1830 or 1820. And then he had her when he was 70 years old. Mm -hmm. So like in 1905, and then she lived to a hundred. So like up until a few years ago. So like there was someone alive now whose dad was born in 1830. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. Michael has a boner right now. He loves history books. He's probably buying, you're going to buy a thermometer and empty mansion. <laughs> I'm going deba- to be reading this book and just taking temperature. <laughs> so that's what I've been reading. It's been like really interesting. I'm going to read that. It's that definitely like a slow burn so far. Okay. I, I like, like any Jackie- old history books that have to do with the building of like this city yeah. and then how they expanded West. Yeah. It's really cool. There's so much history in there because the two of them span 170 years. Uh, Michael, you're speaking Michael's language. There's Michael would rather read a book than hang out with anyone, including me. Yeah. It depends on my Same. mood. Like sometimes I can't wait to read and sometimes I'd never want to read again. Sometimes I, it, for me, the hardest part is starting a new book and like trying to like get into caring about like this next book. But then once yeah. I start, I'm usually into it. But like, that's where I really have to push myself. It's like, okay, I'm going to read another book. But then like, once I'm into it, I'm so into it. I just, we watch so much TV, like for the show, for recapping stuff. And like, I just can't spend all my free time watching TV. Like, even if I'm reading a book that's just as, you know, frivolous as a TV show, it's better for my brain and my mental health and like my eyesight. I think it's, I a, have it's a, a way, to, it's, the, it's the, the best way to keep your mind sharp. It's like I the, have a the book best uh, for the redheads that I'm submitting. Kylie Jenner actually posted it on her Instagram. Oh, please. It ends with us. It's, I like it so of far. Of course. It's literally the best book you're ever going to oh, read in your I'm whole life. Oh, I'm only on page 109. It's enjoy so it. Okay, enjoy okay, it. Okay, I'll enjoy it. So that author seems like a good author though, right? So like Margot's favorite author. We've read so many of her I books. I never had heard of her. So she, a lot of her books are YA. Don't read those ones about like 15 okay, yeah. year olds do not losing read, their virginity. Yeah. Regretting you and do not read Hopeless. Her books like you think that they're all- That sounds hopeless. But she, yeah. <laughs> you should read Verity. Okay. 
It Can ends you with text us. me what I should read? Ugly yes. loves. Okay, and another one that I recently read is Make It Nice by Dorinda. Oh, how was it? I got a copy, but it I was didn't read cute. it. It was really cute. And then one that everyone needs to read if you have not read this book, this is so good, is What Remains by Carol, um, the housewife. Carol. Oh, that is, I'm team Bethany. It's all but... about the history of JFK Jr. and Carolyn Kennedy Bissett. Oh, is it? And her friendship with them and how her husband was dying of cancer. And then the plane accident happened on the day her husband was like about to die. It's, oh my God. It, she is a- What was it called? Beautiful writer. What Remains. What She's remains. one of the best writers did, I've ever read. Well, you know, there was a storyline on New York Housewives that she had a ghostwriter. But this was for her book the before ghostwriter. she was on Housewives. I don't. Yeah, but it, it, that's what Aviva accused her of having a ghostwriter for you that book. You need to put What Remains on Redheads. Okay. I'm telling I'm, you. I'm going to trust you. And if you don't like it, then you need to text me Even a whole paragraph Even though I'm team Bethany. Yeah, that's a thing. No, this <clears> is nothing. Like, you're not going to feel that way. With this. Okay. This is this is a different era in her life. Okay. Oh, another Colleen Hoover book that you need to read is November 9. November 9. Okay. So cute. Um, Pimp yourself out. Where can everyone find you? Where can they buy your book? Where can they buy your merch? Tell us about your tour. Go. Merch, shopmorningtoast.com. Book, Girl with No Job, The Crazy Beautiful Life of an Instagram Thirst Monster. The Morning Toast is every day, Monday through Friday on YouTube and in the podcast app. You can find us anywhere. You can leave a five-star review if you want. And we also just launched a canned cocktail. Oh, yes. Yeah, we made a code for everyone. Skinny is the code, 10% off if you want to get a variety pack. That's actually been like really fun to be like business women, like with our canned cocktail. Hold on, give us a little teeny bit about Spritz because I did want to ask you about that. Do you own it with your husband or is it you two? I just got it in the mail. It's so cute. So like, it's really Ben's brainchild, but like with our family, like, sorry, like we do everything together. So, and just like with the toast and I actually think like it's been super beneficial for us all to work on it together. But Ben has really been working on it full time. He raised money, like he did all of it, but we just drink it. <laughs> one of the spritz cans, your next one needs to be called toast and yeah. it needs to be, it need like the, this, it needs the S- send some to the studios. It yeah. needs to be called spritz and you need to do a palm situation. Yes, 100%. Or, uh, like a collab. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would the, love to see that. We'll get in the media offices. Get yeah, all the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Give me the address. It I'll send. is so cute and so good. You guys can use code skinny. That's so nice. Maybe we can do a little giveaway with some of yeah. your merch. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. Should we follow at Spritz? Yeah, of course. What's the Insta? At Spritz. I'd follow at Spritz, you guys, and tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick, and they will send you some of their merch, which is so cute. Sorry, I almost cried everywhere. No, it's, no okay. it's okay. I actually got a little emotional when I was talking about unorthodox life. Yeah. Well, I think that that's an important discussion to have. Yeah, I think I'm also getting my period. So. Oh. Well, get your thermometer right now. Can you tell them which one you use? Thank you guys for coming on. Of course. Thank you. Wait, don't go. There is a sale going on on shopskinnyconfidential.com. It is 20% off only for today, Labor Day. We do not do a lot of sales. So this is really exciting. In fact, I think this is like our second sale. If you use code WINEFACE, you get 20% off the ice roller and the ice queen oil. My two favorite rider dies. I think you'll love it. And then, of course, we're going to end this with a little giveaway. If you want to win some morning toast merch, all you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick. And of course, follow at TSC Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening. 